Um, and I just really love the theme of this conference and that idea of empowering readers. Um, as Di said, a lot of my um, research is focusing on multicultural and diversity issues in these literature, but I feel like I'm extending more of it now into kind of like social justice and activism. So more of a so what? Um, why are we studying that? And it's kind of something I think academics have a hard time with sometimes because we're not really, um, you know, in practice like all of you. So you know the so what because you're working with students every day. Um, yeah. So um, this presentation is going to focus a little bit more on that empowerment and action, uh, like these kids during the school strike for climate change rallies. I have a few of these images throughout. I really love this kid in the middle with recycling that he gives a stop sign and comforting mm -hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, so I'll just move on. And Di gave me a great, sorry. <laughs> and Di gave me a great intro. Um, so yeah, I am originally from the U.S. and I was a teacher librarian and did um, different roles in schools there. So I used to be a Spanish teacher, I was an early childhood teacher. I'm working with special education classrooms as well. And then I decided to go into academia and was really interested in educational research. And then I joined the CSU teacher librarianship team in 2013, so long service to be here I come. Um, and I've been really lucky to work with some teacher, Australian teacher librarian legends like Lee Fitzgerald and Barbara King in the picture here today. And I just also wanted to give a big shout out to CSU students, current students, graduates. I know we have, um, I've met a few of you during the breaks and stuff. So yeah, it's so great to see you. And also a big thank you to those of you who have supported our program as placement hosts. Um, thank you so much for that. And yes, I've been really lucky to work with Di on her um, pending PhD research. So lots of exciting things happening in that space. Oh, and I forgot to mention, um, there's a Padlet that I'm gonna have my, I think I've already put up there, my slides are on this Padlet and all of the books and references and resources that I include in my presentation. Um, and I also encourage you to include your ideas and your uh, resources and titles on that too. And this URL, it looks like there's a little space between um, the Garrison and presentation, but that's just, that's not true. So if you type it in, do not put that space there. Okay, so then moving on to why, what we're actually talking about today. So yeah, why sustainability? Um, why is that an important topic to include? in our collections and teachings. And I think just um, aside from the fact that we're all uh, inhabitants of planet Earth and can see this issue in action almost daily, um, it's something kids really care about. So here's some pictures from those school climate change rallies, and in particular some from the federal election protests earlier this year. Here's some of the, um, the headlines as well from that. So, yeah, I think it's it's an issue that kids get. It's something that they can see and um, an area where they can see a change, where they can implement a change. And I've always, as a teacher, I always try to capitalize on those um, those topics where they really are motivated to learn. Because as you know, that can be half the battle sometimes, right? Um, so tricking them into learning by using the topics that they care about. <laughs> so that's why um, I've kind of fo been focusing on Australian research. And I've been looking across format. 
Unfortunately, I was looking more at young adult novels, and that's, um, well, I'm going to talk more about picture books here today um, as well. So, And then, yeah, how these titles relate to the sustainability process of curricular priority. That's obviously a big thing we need to talk about, too. And then links with activism. So I see this really as being framed by um, this idea of action. If you're familiar with the reading Sims Bishop metaphor of books being mirrors, windows, and sliding glass doors for kids, I'm really talking about that sliding glass doors bit. So not just kind of the looking in a mirror or looking through a window, but more of that action is what she meant by um, sliding glass doors. And then because I'm an academic, I have to talk about theory and methodology and stuff like that. Um, I've also been influenced by Kathy Short's critical content analysis methodology. And so that's um, a way of looking at youth literature with that more critical lens and um, doing more of analysis of the, the content there. And her work's been influenced by Paolo Freire's pedagogy of the oppressed as well, and that critical theory within that. So really stressing that um, action and empowerment um, and not just kind of the reading just for the sake of reading, which is good too. Nothing against that. Okay, so for our purposes today, um, I was going to talk a bit more about the sustainability cross-curricular priority and then relate some books to that. Um, because I think uh, this priority is written well across these four key concepts. So we have future systems, worldviews, and then with version nine, they've added this one about design. So again, kind of more of that action. How can we design solutions to um, these global problems that we're all so yeah, more of, again, that what Sims Bishop was talking about with the sliding glass doors and that moving forward to instigate action and, and implement change. Okay, so now on to the book. So I'm just first going to talk about each of the um, those four key concepts and relation books to them, and then I'll talk a little bit more about um, books at different levels. Again, please feel free to go to this, um, go to the Padlet and add your ideas to I know, again, that you're in the trenches, you're doing this stuff daily, so you would have much more insight um, into what's being out there. Um, yeah, so systems is really looking at the, the interdependence of living things on Earth, so some clear science connections here. Um, I've also, for these books, tried to focus on things that have been um, more recently published and Australian titles, although you'll see these first two titles are US-based. I thought the content was pretty relatable, so I wanted to include them as well because they're graphic novels, and it's always good to get um, the graphic novel format in. I was really surprised about the Deakin research this morning, although I wouldn't really call graphic novels a genre so much. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I think that those are important ones to include. How to Be is a novel for upper primary, um, and that one was on the CBPA a few years ago, so you might be familiar with that. Um, and that relates to a common theme that I'm seeing across these books, which is that dystopian survival theme. This one's set in the future, where um, you know humans have completely screwed up and these are extinct, so we have to pollinate plants and um, yeah, pollinate plants and flowers ourselves. Tales from the Inner City is another good one, and um, I saw that out on the reading site, which is great. And another amazing Australian author, Sean Tan. Just talk a little bit more detail about that one. Because, yeah, if you've read that, you know, it's, each chapter kind of focuses on an animal. So it's like short stories or um, almost 
tackling issues related to systems and our interdependence with animals and how urbanization, um, like this illustration with the deer here, and development have um, affected those relationships. I want to just read the, the rhino, because this was a quick short one, and I think it's really illustrative of this, um, this issue with systems. The rhino was on the freeway again. We blew our horns in outrage. Men came, shot it dead, pushed it to one side. We blew our horns in gratitude. But that was yesterday. Today we all feel terrible. Nobody knew it was the last rhino. How could we have known it was the last one? And that one's especially um, special, isn't it? Because we know that rhinos are endangered. And, um, yeah, so there's lots of possibilities with this book. Um, and these passages, like having students study the animals further. When I was reading it, I actually went into the host like, is it the black rhino that's extinct or the white rhino? Well, most of them are endangered. Um, but yeah, so despite that horrible thing, they um, give some, some good foundation for building some discussions with students, um, having them write their own stories or own poems about a different animal, and just making those connections with um, systems and, and what interdependence actually looks like um, in our lives and there's so much development and uh, rise in our populations, right? Um, okay, worldviews is the next one. And I really, uh, I think this is a really great concept that was included. I'm glad it was uh, included within this curriculum because I think it's really important considering issues of sustainability and the differing perspectives around solutions and change. And I just couldn't help thinking about it uh, these past few weeks with the COP27 happening in Egypt and just how each country and really each culture is really bringing their own ideas to that summit about what needs to change and what needs to stay the same um, in that area. And even um, if you're watching the World Cup, I've noticed some of the commercials and some of the um, messages around that are really around sustainability too, so I think that's really great. Uh, First Nations perspectives are also really critical here, as you'd imagine. A lot of these stories are talking about caring for country and country, or um, whether it's this historical perspective, like Bruce Pascoe's Dark Meanings, that included both um, the more adult kind of secondary format and then Young Dark Meaning here, because they do really kind of span and reach a, a variety of readers. Or Bindi, which is a more contemporary um, story that's a verse novel um, about uh, a girl in her community uh, living through a bushfire. Um, and yeah, The Inheritance uh, is a great example of a picture book for older readers, and again, created by another great Australian author, illustrator, Arnold Breeder, who's written many powerful books um, on important social justice issues like immigration. Um, if you've read that one, you know what I'm talking about. I have a little excerpt from that one here. The Inheritance addresses some of these worldviews related to industry and development and the economy as three brothers and their sister are considering their father's um, dying wish about continuing to grow his corporation. But the sister questions the impact of the corporation on the environment and on people. And her brothers respond really confused. I'll just read this little excerpt. She was strange. But then she had always been odd, particularly since she had begun to travel. Why travel when here she had all she could possibly want? Who knows where she had been and what ideas they had put into her head. And now she was questioning the dying wish of their father. So there's some really uh, deep issues in this book. Um, again, in Greer's kind of implicit 
bit subtle way. This is actually the last um, illustration in the book. It's kind of pretty symbolic. This is the inheritance, right, that, <laughs> that kids are going to um, inherit. But yeah, just the symbolism and the characterization, you know, the brothers versus the sister. So it's kind of uh, like a Mother Earth type um, character. Illustration style, the colors used, not used. There's lots of um, symbolism in this book, and I think it's a really great foundation for discussions around these ideas of worldviews. Uh, the sister gives um, a glimmer of hope, which leads me to our next um, our next key concept: design. So, and yeah, design is the new one that they just included in this version nine. And I've included the inheritance on this one too because I think there are again some potential for discussions around um, how can we change the inheritance and have it not be this uh, dark world where kids are having to wear gas masks even to play outside. Um, there's some projects related to consumerism noted in the HPE curriculum learning area of, um, of sustainability, maybe design and science for solutions. Uh, as, which is stress in the humanities and social sciences learning area. Yes. Uh, so there's some more uh, picture books in this slide. So did Benny Mangara's Big Bush Cleanup and Company Swallowed Stanley are examples of what happens to rubbish when we don't dispose of it properly. Um, so it hurts the animals and the environment, like the turtle who swallowed Stanley, who is the plastic bag um, on the cover there. And Somebody Swallowed Stanley was written by an animal behaviorist, so it has quite a bit of behind it as well. So these two are some good um, uh, good books for primary readers, obviously. They have some suggestions for reuse and recycling um, products and stories. And I think, you know, we all, we're actually even moving beyond that, right? Where we don't want to just recycle uh, a plastic bag or a cup. We, we just don't want to use them. Like, you know, we need to go a bit beyond that idea of recycling because, you know, you would have seen the... Um, Red cycling is not going to be happening anymore. So what are we going to do with all of the soft plastic and things like that? And these are issues that kids are going to have to deal with on a different level than all of us sitting here, um, hopefully. So, um, yes, I previously mentioned kind of this idea of design and how to be, where humans are doing the pollination. Um, but if you've read Future Girl by Asphyxia, um, you know that that's a huge part of this book as well. I also saw that one on the table. I'm sure that being um, being from Victoria and asphyxia being an artist from Victoria, you'd be familiar with her work. But this is just such a great um, such a great title for so many different reasons. So please excuse me for not going into all of them, but um, I'll just mention the the ones relevant to our theme here. So these are some excerpts from that book, um, and as you can see from the sample pages, it's really multimedia, so it's meant to replicate. Uh, the main character, Piper, her art journal. So it's set in a near future novel, also quite relatable to, um, to Victorian students. Uh, and this is at a time when the government has convinced people that it's not safe to eat wild food. Um, and some of that might be true because they've actually destroyed the soil, so you can't, um, can't grow food so easily. But most people are eating prepackaged meals, which was made from a plant-based protein called Biospore that was created in a lab. Now, um, something really weird, because I saw this advertised recently, <laughs> not from the book, but I saw something about 
a very similar uh, plant-based protein created in a lab that could help cure cancer. Um, that, well, in the book, it's, it cures cancer and obesity. But um, the one I saw was advertising put into health benefits. <laughs> so it was like, oh, this is, sounds like future girl. Um, but there are, so yeah, there's lots of familiar things happening in this story. Petrol is $40 a liter, which luckily we're not that bad yet, but, um, but citizens are rising up, designing solutions, like um, creating, um, going back to kind of basics, right? Doing composting, creating um, garbage, growing their own food. Susan was just telling me she's really involved in that in her backyard, so that's great, <laughs> getting ready for the um, aquaponics to harvest fish, things like that. So things not unheard of today, but maybe not used as um, as frequently. Okay, and then the last one, uh, our last key concept here is about futures. And this one really has a lot of that active language in the description, and that is, that's a clear theme in some of these books. And I've been focused on these ones in particular because they have some school strikes for climate change rallies or protests within them as well. Um, if you've read this, uh, The Carbon Neutral Adventures, that one's in kind of like a graphic novel format, and at first glance, it's definitely for your upper primary readers, but there's so much um, political satire and irony in that. I think it has some real potential for our secondary readers as well. And I'll also mention Mark Smith, another great Victorian author, and he writes quite often with a focus on sustainability issues, so He's the author of the Winter Trilogy. Um, but his latest novel, If Not Us, also set in Victoria on the surf coast, has a 17-year-old male protagonist, and that's about a mining community that's struggling with the economic benefits of having this industry in their town, which is financially supporting the rugby club and the surf life-saving club, and maybe see the signs all over town about that. But it's also, it's at the cost of some, some devastating environmental Effects, like increased respiratory diseases in the residents, um, and even more problems that they don't even realize. So again, a, a good discussion prompt, and relating back to some of those other key concepts as well, like worldviews um, and systems. Like, what do you do when you want the mining community to get the heck out, but then most people in that community lose their jobs? So yeah, these kinds of things that we're actually grappling with and yeah, there was a great library quote, if not us, that I had to include here that I thought you would all like. And also has kind of that environmental focus to comparing the, the libraries to be high at the center of the garden. <laughs> so I thought you'd all like that. Okay, now I'm just going to talk a bit about a few more books, kind of more based on, um, uh, on year level. So there's some oldies but goodies in here, and um, a few non-Australian titles as well, but um, I thought they'd be good to just highlight. And I have included all these on the Padlet as well, and please do contribute your ideas there too, because I know you know some good ones as well. The all-new must-have Orange 430, I saw that one outside as well. That's a good one because it's kind of about buying useless things um, and the real cost of that. So I, I think it's a good conversation starter for kids about saving for things that matter. Like in the story, the little boy ends up deciding, oh, I should have really been saving my money for a bike, something I could actually use instead of this um, really useless, uh, the all-new 
must have armed force ready, which is, yeah, completely useless and does nothing. Uh, the tree number 43, that one actually shares a plot with Future Girl, because uh, in both stories, the council threatens to um, cut down a tree in the shared areas of the little boy's apartment block or the nature strip, um, in the case of Future Girl. But in this story, the whole town rallies, the whole neighborhood rallies, and they grow even more trees and really do show the worst of their city. Bee and Maze is another good one, and that's a wordless book where a little girl befriends a bee, and then he takes her around and shows her um, what he does as a bee and the, the importance of bees. And there's a few notes in the back about how we can support bees and yeah, just their importance to plants and our food sources. Uh, here's some upper secondary, or upper primary, lower secondary titles, I think, that kind of span that. Um, and I already mentioned a few of these ones. Um, Limelight is one I wanted to highlight, and that's a um, that was written by a teen award-winning slam poet, Soli Raphael, and he includes original poems within this book, and then also shares his experiences and tips for writing poetry. So it's kind of a twofold there. But he has a clear focus on social justice issues, life sustainability, and enabling um, positive change to make the world a better place. So it's a very inspiring one for young people, that one. And some of the secondary titles here. Um, so as I mentioned, a lot of them um, do have that dystopian kind of survival theme, you know, dealing with the aftermath of the fallout of um, us basically doing nothing for the, the environment. So the Winter Trilogy is one of those. Um, the Brawl is the graphic novel. That one's all free online. And I would say that's a more of an upper secondary one as well. Um, and then After the Lights Go Out by Lily Wilkinson, um, the end is bigger, the end of the world is bigger than love. There's another good one there too. Okay, and some digital stories. Um, I wanted to highlight a few of these, which my um, my awesome colleague Liz Daraway has shared. She has a really great digital literature flipboard, and I've included that link on the Padlet too, so check that out. But there's some great um, examples of digital literature out there related to sustainability and environmental issues, whether it's kind of focused on animals and habitats, like these ones, which are a bit more geared towards um, the younger readers, or this example of The Guardian, um, which is kind of in a more documentary type style, and is focused on stories of indigenous Australians in the Northern Territory dealing with um, how the, the changing climate is affecting their land and, and their lives. books, but I did just want to highlight a few more resources. So um, these are some relevant book awards to this topic. So the Wilderness Society, which is Australian-based, they've been giving the Environmental Award for Children's Literature since 1994, so they have quite a backlog there. And then they just started doing the Paragio Award for um, First Nations Authors and Illustrators. And this is a screenshot of this year's winners there. Um, so their books are a bit more focused kind of on nature and animals and um, for, for younger readers, so more for picture books. But they have an online journal. Um, the Wilderness Society has an online journal that I think would be really relevant for secondary readers. You could use those resources in, in some of your lessons. And then um, I didn't know that they have a Nature Book Week in September. I don't know if anyone here celebrates that. It's, it's pretty close to the CBCA Book Week. 
shortlist. The Royal Zoological Society of New South Wales has a few categories for kids in their Whitley Awards. So that one I think is worth checking out. And they have some fiction, nonfiction um, at various levels. And then the Nature Generation, which is a US-based group, um, they have the Green Earth Book Award. And again, multiple um, levels are addressed in that. So young adult, um, there's a fiction and nonfiction in that one too. So it might be worth checking out if you're really trying to, to build your collection in that area too. And then just finally, these ones, these resources aren't really literature focused, but they are focused on education and libraries because you know, this is a growing area. Um, so you might find some useful things here in thinking about your management uh, practices as well in your library and how you can be more sustainable um, in that space. And as someone, one of the speakers earlier mentioned the Sustainability Club. Um, I think it was one of, one of the shelf talkers and that kind of perks my ear because that's the type of, um, yeah, the type of thing that you might find in, in these resources. I will say though, some are subscription-based or certification-based, so they want you to pay to have um, access or pay for a certification, for example, for this Sustainable Libraries Initiative. But they do still have some free resources, so worth checking out. And then if you want to get involved even more, ALIA, IFLA, or ALA, the American Library Association, they all are having um, like subsections or subgroups within their organization specifically looking at sustainability issues in libraries, so worth checking out um, too if you're interested in that further. And again, their websites have quite a bit of um, resources too. So yeah, thanks so much everyone. I'm not sure if we have time for questions, but um, feel free to post on the Padlet, you can have discussions there, or you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what folks you recommend um, too. And yeah, just thanks so much for for having me. Um, oh, I, I did mention actually on that first slide, um, I've been involved in this project with Alia, the Greening Libraries Project, which was looking at um, sustainability practices in, that Australian libraries are engaging in. Um, and yeah, so Alia funded that, and I completed that with some of my CSB colleagues. So yeah, I just wanted to recognize them for that. And yeah, just thanks so much. Um, these people are not here, but I definitely want to give them a shout out for sharing some, some books and resources with me. And yeah, thank you, Slav, for having me today. It's so great to see everyone and, and chat about